Well, good morning, 360 family. Thank you once again for joining us online. What a, a, a marvelous way to start the morning. You know, we sing and we worship because as Christians, we just didn't sign up for a religion. At one point, we were dead on the inside. Christ brought us alive, and that's why we sing the songs that we sing, and, and we sing with such passion and such uh, 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 togetherness because we have this shared experience of, of coming alive in Christ. So thanks for joining us. And if you haven't had that, had that relationship with Christ yet where you've come alive, we hope in the course of this time that God will move you. You won't be moved by human words, but you'll be moved by God. And this is how the Spirit of God works. So if you're tuning in today, you don't have a relationship with God and you want one and you're pursuing God, let me tell you that he's waiting for you. We start today on a new journey. And this is going to be a lengthy journey for us, by the way. It's going to take us all the way through the summer. The title of this journey or this, this collection of conversations is called From Here to There. The reason that we're having this series of conversations over the summer is because as Christians, growth and movement are at the very core of what God wants in our lives. In other words, we are becoming something. We're growing into something. We're, we're increasing in something. We're adding things. We're subtracting things. We're moving from this place to the next in transformation. Not only in life change, but relationships, if you haven't noticed in the Bible or if you don't know the Bible, relationships are at the centrality, at the very core part of, of our Christian faith. So not only are we becoming uh, different people, we're growing, we're moving from here to there spiritually and emotionally, but also relationally. And so when you think about relationships, there, there are struggles and challenges that, that cre are created in relationships, and God is always calling us to be in movement. Here's the problem, and here's the challenge. I always like to start with a predicament because when there is a predicament, it creates more passion and it creates more dependence on God to get us through the, this, these obstacles and hurdles and things that get into the way of us moving from here to there. The problem in moving from here to there is that it's not always easy. In fact, it's rarely easy when we're talking about life change. It's rarely easy when we're talking about a relationship with others. It's rarely easy when we're trying to grow from here to there in our relationship with God. Another problem is that sometimes we don't want to move from here in order to move to there. In fact, we want there, but we don't want to move here. We want spiritual growth, but we're kind of comfortable or we're locked into habits right here that make it difficult to move there. So as we begin, we're going to quote from one of the most brilliant minds in human history. His name is Winnie the Pooh. Many of you know this little cute creature. So what a profound statement. In fact, when you read the Winnie the Pooh books, there's a lot of profound statements. Check this statement out by Winnie the Pooh. He says, I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been. Well, that's pretty brilliant. In other words, you can't get there unless you leave here. So as we begin this journey... I'm going to challenge all of us, me included, from the outset of this journey to a willingness to move, 
Now, God, in a very unique and brilliant and mysterious way, I find customizes his word to where we are. I don't know where you're at. You don't know where I'm at because there's a lot of interior stuff going on in human beings. But God knows exactly what's going on inside of you with your relationship with him, with your relationship with other people. And for that reason, God can take the words that are in the Bible by the power of the Spirit of God and move within you. So I'm trusting that there will be the, the outset, the starting blocks of this journey will begin with a willingness. That's all you need at times with God as a beginning place. God, I'm willing. I want to grow because we're in a challenge right now. We are in a, in a situation where many are, are physically limited. They can't move from here to there uh, in a physical way. But spiritually, there's nothing that will ever stop us except an unwilling spirit. And so as we begin, we're going to move from here to there as we begin with willingness, recognizing that in this time over the summer, as we're physically limited in our movement, it might be the greatest time that you've ever moved spiritually. To be honest with you, during this time, my prayer life has gone up. There, is, there, there has been some movement. I have moved from here to there during this time in prayer, in time of word, in time in the, in the word of God, in the Bible, in study. And so there's, during these, these very unique and unprecedented times, don't lock yourself into where you are right here. Be willing to move from there. I want to mention uh, that this series is not only about life change, but it is about relationships. And we're going to look at a very, very beautiful, enchanting story. It's the story of Ruth. So if you have your Bibles or your device or your laptop or wherever, whatever you're looking at, I invite you to turn to the book of Ruth. Uh, if you are not familiar with the Bible, you want to look and just uh, view in, no problem. We'll put the verses up on the screen. We begin with one of the most common uh, obstacles from moving from here to there. Sometimes it's even physical location. Sometimes it's relationally. Sometimes it's a life change. We begin this journey with the most common obstacle, which is safety and risk. One of the greatest challenges that we have as a human being to move in our life is the sense that here is safety, there is risk. If I'm going to do something of any kind of magnitude or importance in a relationship, sometimes, many times, it takes a risk. If I'm going to move spiritually, if I'm going to give up something, if I'm going to start giving something, or if I'm going to forgive somebody, there's always a risk involved. In fact, I would say there's a risk involved to anything of great value. The problem, again, is that we want the prize, the reward of the risk, but we'd rather stay here in safety. If you're like me, I know that to be very true. I want to remind you that we have a book that's coming out for those that live in uh, the Sarasota area, and perhaps you're interested in 360, or perhaps you're a member of 360, or you participate here in the 360 church family, and you're not yet in a group. 
we have a sign-up on our homepage for a book that I've written uh, since the beginning of the year, and we're shipping it this coming week. And so if you'd like to be part of that, please go to the link uh, right there on the homepage, uh, and you can link right to the book. The reason I bring this up is that uh, the book is all about movement. And over the summer, we're going to track. If you're in one of our Connect groups, you're already getting a, a book. Maybe you've already received it by this point. And we're going to discuss that over the summer because it's about movement. It's about moving from here to there. For those of you that are not in the Connect group, man, please be part of the discussion. We're going to have several times in the summer where I'm going to have online chats about the book. If you'd like to, to jump in, you're not obligated to do that, but we invite you in. We're going to see a story today with Ruth that begins at one place and goes to a place that is risky. It begins in a place of safety because all of us have places of safety. Familiarity is a, is a great component, is a, a very significant component in, in safety. The things I know, the things I, 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 I adjust to, I, now I'm, I'm now safe in this environment. And to ask me to move out of that, it's a big deal. This story is very common in the Bible. If you think about uh, those in the scriptures that, that God called to do something, Abraham, I'm calling you out of a familiar land of safety from here to there to this promised land that you've never seen. Gideon, I'm calling you to fight, to be part of a military in the smallest army you've ever experienced. Esther, I'm calling you into a new role, and this role has very, very high risk. Think about the disciples. They were, after the resurrection, after they had seen Jesus, they were, they were locked into a room, and they felt safe with each other. It was a high risk to go outside that room until Christ empowered them. So today, we're going to learn how do we move from a place of safety to a place of risk? How do we move to a place of, uh, of familiarity to unfamiliar? Now, let me make something straight here. We're not moving from a place of safety to a place of irresponsibility because risk is under the cover of God. In other words, when God calls us to somewhere that's of risk to us as human beings, God is there and, and covering us and protecting us. Sometimes people, uh, human beings, we take things into our own hands and we say, okay, well, I'm going to go to a place of risk and I'm just going to do it on my own. That's not risk at all. That's, that's ridiculousness. That is, that is irresponsibility. Not what we're talking about whatsoever. So we begin today in the book of Ruth. Let me set up the story of Ruth. And then literally, we're going to go verse by verse from, from chapter 1, from uh, verse 6 through about verse 18 or so. Let me set it up. The story starts with a tragedy, and it starts with uh, uh, different players. I'm going to limit them because we'll forget all the players if I name them all, but one of the central figures, her name is Naomi, and uh, she's married, and there, there's a famine in, in, this, in the town of Bethlehem and the, in the province of Judah, and, and they, there's a famine, and so they move to a foreign uh, country or foreign region. It's called the, uh, Moab. They move there. They've got two boys. Their two boys marry uh, girls, uh, and, and they have these marriages. One, one of the girls that is uh, married to their sons and Naomi's son is Ruth. The other one is Orpah. I know every time I mention the name Orpah, there's got to be some joke about Oprah. Now, it's not Oprah. It, it is Orpah. So we got Ruth and Orpah 
who are married to these two brothers uh, who are the sons of Naomi. So I hope you, you follow that. They move there. Naomi's husband dies. Now she is a widow. She turns very bitter. The, the two boys of Naomi, they also die. So this is what I said. We begin as a tragedy. So now we whittled the story down in a very, very short amount of time. In five short verses, we whittled it down to three central players. Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, who are Ruth and Orpah, okay? We pick up the story then in this place where they are about to have to make a move because now things are changing back in Naomi's hometown, which is Bethlehem, okay? Things are changed. They had to move to Moab because of the famine, but now they're going to move back. Okay, here we go. Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, which was back in Judah, back in Bethlehem, Naomi and her daughters-in-law, watch this, prepared to return home from there. Well, I want you to take note. They're, they're preparing to, to go home, and there is a preparation time when you're, when you're moving from here to there. Everybody has to prep to move, right? My wife, by the way, is an amazing packer. When we're going on a trip, especially if it's a long trip, man, she starts days, if not even before a week in advance to pack. Me, I'm, I'm jamming stuff in about an hour before I'm rolling to the airport, and you can guess which one of those is better. But she's so prepared, and, and it's miraculous how she can fit it all in one piece of luggage. I mean, but if you were on a trip with my wife, and you leaned over and you said, hey, do you happen to have a hacksaw? She'd probably pull it out of her, her uh, suitcase. I mean, she's got everything in there from the kitchen sink to, from A to Z. It's important to prepare. It's important for all of us to prepare. So you may say, look, I want to move to a place. To, that is unfamiliar to me. I want to move to a different place spiritually. I want to move to a different place relationally. Recognize that preparing is okay. God is okay with you packing. God is okay with you preparing. God is okay with you getting ready to do some introspective conversations with God to say, God, tell me what it is that, you're, that you want me to, to take along the journey. What do you want me to leave behind? You can't pack everything in a suitcase, including my wife. You can't pack everything. What do you want me to leave behind? And this preparation time is super important. Then they begin. They begin after they prepare. Let's take a look at Ruth chapter 1, the very next verse, verse 7. With her two daughters-in-law, Naomi left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. All right, let me make a note here. It's taking Naomi back. It's not taking Ruth or Orpah back. They've never been there. This is going to be foreign territory. This is going to be moving from safety to risk. For Naomi, she's moving back. She's moving back, in fact, to a place that she'll recognize the people. When she comes in, in fact, when you read the story, they recognized her. She has friends. She's got family there. She understands the language. She can speak the language, understand the language. She has food that she loves there that she's probably been missing in this other region. There are things of familiarity. She knows how to get to the, the, the grocery store. She probably has a physician of some kind. She knows all the ins and outs of Bethlehem. She's moving back. 
These two girls, Ruth and Orpah, they're not moving back. So the risk is on them, not Naomi. And so when the journey continues, watch what happens. Naomi turns to the girls and says something straightforward. We're in verse 8 and 9 now. Ruth chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, stay in Moab, don't move, don't go from here to there. Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. What a place of safety and comfort. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dad and to me. In other words, to the husbands that they lost and to her because Naomi, she'd lost her husband. May the Lord grant each of you that you will find rest in the home of another husband. Listen carefully. The call to stay is loud. The call to stay in safety is loud. The call to stay where we are is loud. Look at the language she's using. Naomi is saying, stay in your mother's home. What a place of comfort. You know, she's got that favorite soup she makes for you. Stay there. And now they're probably thinking, man, that soup is pretty good. My mom's house is pretty good. I feel comfortable. I feel familiar there. You'll find another husband, Naomi. She's being very selfless. You'll find another husband. And, and think about what it was like with the husband that you lost in that home, that security, that safety there are voices all around us that, that say, stay like you are. You are who you are. Celebrate who you are. And sometimes those are good things, good voices. But the voices that call us to stay often can drown out the voice of God who's telling us to leave. Sometimes it's the voice that's closest to you, the people around you. You can never do that. You can never be that. I know who you are. And sometimes that voice is not from the people that are right around us. It's sometimes from the voice inside of you. Sometimes that's the voice that's saying, stay right here. Stay in comfort. And Naomi is not making things better to take this, this, this journey of risk. Let's go to the next verse. In fact, the very end of verse 9. Then she kissed them. Naomi kissed the girls, and they wept aloud and said to her, the girl said to Naomi, we will go back, notice, with you to your people. This was not just a geographical move. This was not just because Ruth and Orpah were not going just because, hey, we heard there's food in Bethlehem. They said, we're going to go with you. See, this is a relational move. You need somebody with you. You need somebody to walk with you. See, this is the power of discipleship. And I know we talk about it a lot here, but it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's not what we're going to get out of it. See, this is the voice of safety. What are you going to get out of it? But see, it's a risk to walk with somebody. It's a risk to move into a, a group, a connect group of people you don't know. It's a, it's a risk to take on someone as a disciple or to, take, uh, to be a disciple maker or to come under a disciple maker or walk with a disciple maker. It's all a risk, but it is the relationship that God calls us with because you need somebody, the other person needs somebody, I need somebody, and this is the way that God calls. Naomi was only thinking of their, their, their own uh, personal life Lives, but the but the girls said no. We want to go with you. We want to be with your people. That's where the risk was. Now we go to verse uh, eleven. Verse eleven. Uh, verse ten. Actually, verse ten. Uh, 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 she kissed them. She went. She went back. And now verse eleven. 
Naomi said, return home. She's going to try it again. Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? In other words, am I going to give birth who could become your husbands? Return home. She says it again, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there were still hope for me to have a husband, and even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons that you can marry, would you wait until they grew up? I mean, are you going to wait until they're 18, 19, 20 years old? Would you remain unmarried all that time to wait for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than you than for you because the lord's hand has gone out against me you see there was something brewing in naomi's heart that god was trying to reach down deep and move her from here to there and i'm not talking about moab to bethlehem god was god was looking at her interior and he saw in her a level of mistrust because automatically she blames God. Why did you do this? This past week, we've seen the passing of a, an icon in the Christian culture, Ravi Zacharias. So many people around the world have been impacted. And what's moving to me when you look at a life like Ravi's is that he, he pressed full throttle to the end. When he got cancer, he didn't blame God he embraced the journey. He embraced God's the trust in God. This is not the case with Naomi. Naomi needed to move from here to there. She needed, needed to move from a place of distrust to a place of trust. And so she begins to say, she begins to, to have some logic. And, and look, I, I, if I have kids tonight, you're going to wait to grow up. And, and the voice of safety begins to, to speak logic into our minds. Not only that, listen, Naomi, if you didn't notice, wasn't the easiest person to be with. Naomi was bitter. When you read the story, she's in a bad mood. She has become grumpville. She is like, just like sandpaper. And with, through all of that, these girls said, okay, maybe we should still go. But the logic, the voice of logic and Naomi's bitterness began to eat into one of, the, one of these girls' heads. Watch this. We go to now verse 14. At this, the girls wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. You see, after all of this logic, after all of this beckoning to stay safe, after considering that Naomi had turned bitter, Orpah said, I'm out. I'm going back. I'm not going from here to there. I'm just going to stay right here. This is where I'm going to challenge us today. There are many Christians with great intentions. I'm going to move into a closer relationship. I'm going to move into a discipleship relationship. I'm going to change this in my life. God, I don't like being here. I want to move there. But intentions are never are, are, will move us from, there, from here to there. The intentions are not enough. We have to look what happened to Ruth. She clung to Naomi. She said, I'm not letting go. And there's some times where we have to say to God, I'm not letting go. I want to move from here to there that badly. And I'm not going to let go. Orpah said goodbye. And she probably lived the rest of her life in safety. 
Is that the life that you want? I don't. I don't want to live my, my Christian existence safe. That's why the Christian faith can become boring and boring quite quickly if we're like, man, I, I'm not taking any risk for God. I'm not moving out and, and changing at all. I'm going to stay right here. And if we stay, it becomes boring. Now watch this. We close in, in this final part of the story. In Ruth chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, Naomi tries it one more time. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people, her gods, her familiarity, her surroundings, her safety. Go back with her, still trying to convince. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. And now we come to this now infamous statement. Ruth looks into the eyes of her bitter mother-in-law, says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth, watch, was determined to go from here to there, determined to go with her, she stopped urging you see, there's a resistance. Don't move. Don't go. Stay right here. Stay in safety. And there has to be a preparation of mind, a preparation of heart, a willingness, a, a, a repentance of, of sorts, a turning around. And that starts inside before we take our first step outside. And then there has to be a resistance of the voices around us or maybe close to us or maybe inside of us that says, you can't move. You can't go from here to there. You can't change. You can't get close in a relationship. You're going to get burned. All the things that we say to each other, you don't have enough time for that. All of the, the voices that say, stay right here. Look how many times Naomi tried over and over. Don't go. Stay. Don't go. Just, you know. And finally, there was a determination where Ruth clung to her. And she was determined to go. And she goes, don't urge me anymore. And if you get to that point, the voices of resistance will be disquieted. They will, they will become quiet. They will go away. But there's a lot of internal wrestling going on. And when there is a risk for God, there always is a reward. My wife is a huge Star Wars fan. And I try to track with it. I try to be a good husband and watch all the, the sequels and the prequels and all of those things. And, and I became a little more interested when we began to talk um, and, and understand the, the movies. And my wife was explaining to me the movies from George Lucas as the creator of Star Wars from his point of view. And he said, this is about family. And when you think about Star Wars, if you know it, most people do. It's about, you know, Luke, I am your father and all that. It's about family relationships. It's not just a, a sci-fi space movie. That's about relation. And when I began to see all of that taking place, I'm actually starting to get a little bit of a Star Wars fan myself. You have to keep track of it. Why would I bring that up? You see, God is always working. Here's Ruth. She's with her mother-in-law. She's grieving her own loss. She's grieving the loss uh, with other people. She's at a familiar place. She's going to go to a place that doesn't speak her language. 
that doesn't fix the, the kind of food she eats. She has no friends there. She's with this lady who's pretty bitter. There's a long journey there, and it's quite a journey, by the way. And when you look at the, the number of miles that it took for her to go there, it's, a, it, it, it's about 70 miles to get that from Moab to, to Bethlehem. It's a long journey. They didn't have cars back then, as we know. And you think, I'm going into this unknown. But every time we go into the unknown, God is already there. And God is already working. God is working to prep us. God is working to help us resist the voices of safety. God is helping us to cling on to him. God is helping us and empowering us to to be determined and, and to quiet those voices of resistance. And God is there in the journey if we'll only trust in him. Ruth goes with her, not knowing with Naomi, not knowing anything that's going to happen. And if you know the story, she meets this man named Boaz, and they fall in love. And it's just a beautiful; it's one of the most beautiful love stories in the Scripture. And you think, oh man, that's that's the that's the reward. No, it's deeper than that. You see, God has always got amazing plans. Ruth married this man named Boaz. They had a son; his name was Obed. And I've not, not heard of him uh, in the Bible. It's, he's nestled in one of those, you know, long list of names, Obed. Obed got married and had a son named Jesse. Jesse got married and he had a son named David, who would become the most well-known king of Israel. You see, God will never, when you're under his umbrella and he's called you into a place of change, God will always be there. I wonder what God is preparing for you right now. I wonder that thing in you that you say, God, I know exactly what it is. Or maybe you don't right now. Maybe you are, maybe you are uh, preparing. You're packing. You're packing the suitcase. Or maybe you're unpacking a few things. But as we begin this journey, would you prepare? Would you prepare with, within your own heart and, and with God? I am. As I've had the luxury of studying a little before this, uh, this time, I get a head start on these studies. I began to prepare, God, what are you unpacking in me? What are the things that you want me to move from here to there? Because this is going to be a long journey. So I'm, I'm asking you to prepare. Maybe you're listening today, and you do not have yet a relationship with your creator, with God. See, he created you for relationships. He created you for relationships with other people, but a relationship with him. And your life might be missing the purpose and meaning and, and, and uh, reason. Like, why am I here? It may be missing that component. And you may be feeling separated from God, but see, this is where God made the move. He left heaven to come here. He did a from here to there, and he did that for you. And maybe you're from here to there is a place without God to a place with God. You see, God's Bible, God's Word applies to every single person, whether you know Him or not. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for for the reality, the realistic stories that are in the Bible. If someone's uh, uh, bitter, you don't cover it up. If someone's uh, uh, unforgiving, you don't cover it up. Someone's selfish, you don't cover it up. And, we, and God, thank you for that because we can relate to it. 
Because God, we are un- imperfect. We are, we are, we have plenty of flaws, and we we know God that you've called us to become something, to grow into something, to increase, to add, to subtract, to multiply, to many different things. But it is always about moving God from here for wherever we are to there. So as we begin this lengthy journey, Father, I begin by asking that you prepare us as we pack for this journey. Pray, God, that you would allow your customized voice, so beautiful, so sweet, so comforting, sometimes discomforting, sometimes nudging, sometimes churning inside of us, God, that we will listen, that we'll stop, we'll pause, we'll pay attention to what it is that you want us to move from and where it is that you want to move to. God, we also pray for those who have tuned in, who have been navigated to to this message to, to hear from you, maybe even surprised that they've found themselves here listening to a message from the Bible. But every day of their life, in fact, the Bible says even before they were born, you have called them from one place to the next, from a relationship without you to a relationship with you, from here to there. And so we pray, God, today, we remind ourselves that Jesus died for us because he knew we were imperfect and we needed to to be able to, in order to stand before you, God, a perfect God, we would need a bridge. Christ took that for us. He took our sins, forgave our sins, washed our sins away. So, Father, today we pray for those listening in that say in their heart, right now, right now, I want a relationship with you, God. I don't, I don't want, to, I want to, it to come through religion. I don't want it to come through my effort. I want a relationship with you, God. See, if you're listening right now, may I invite you right now, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, standing, I'm going to invite you to turn your life in a different direction. God calls us and he, he says, point your sails toward me. I'm drawing you. God is drawing you right now. And would you give your life to him by saying, God, I want you to control my life. I want you to drive my life. I want you, God, to be over my life. I'm I'm done with driving and controlling my own life. And I want it to begin at the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm asking God you'd forgive me for all my sin. I'm asking God that you would... uh, Embrace me as your child and and ignite a new life in me. And here's my life, God, I give it to you. Maybe that is the prayer of your heart today. Thank you, Father, for being so faithful. Thank you, God, for the promise today we see in Ruth and and the reward of, of the risk that you called her to take, that today we know that when we move from here to there, God, you are both here And you are both there. And for that reason, God, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We ended our worship set today by talking about the freedom that we have in Christ. And I'm so glad that you tuned in today because that freedom 
that he has is not just something written in paper. It's a reality that happens when we're following Christ, when we're clinging to him, when we're determined to follow him. I hope and pray that that freedom is, is just uh, coming out of your life. And if not, bow your knee to him and say, God, I want to be free of my, uh, my fear. I want to be free of my safety. I want to follow you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, if you need anything, I want to remind you, we're here. We're not just that we're, we're the church where whatever's happening, not, we're not gathering right now. But we're the church everywhere. If you need someone to pray with you, we want to pray with you. If you need someone just to pray for you, they're like, hey, I just, I just want, I want to throw this out. There are, there are links right there in the chat. If you, want some, if you have a question, if you want to know more about 360, if you want a book that, that we're giving out and join the conversation, go to, go to the links that we, we will give to you there. Uh, we want to be in contact with you. We are here as God's church for you. God bless you guys. Thank you for being part of this journey. So excited to move from here to there. We'll see you next time.